On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets? And who in Ireland is providing the technology to help them do that? We talk to one of the country's biggest automotive autonomy entrepreneurs. I have BMW Drive Assist in my own vehicle and it is much, much safer because we are all prone to distraction, especially when we're on the motorway from Limerick to Dublin, for example. We've all been there where you actually forgot a whole section of the road. So I would say if you take it from a safety perspective and it does allow you to kind of relax. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. This week on the Indo Daily. I actually don't believe right that priest said I have any harm. He just like thought I knew. But that's how I found that Miriam Martina was dead. How likely is it that Trump will be found guilty of paying hush money to former adult film star Stormy Daniels? We're talking about involvement in serious drugs activity on both sides of the border and as well as that, the procurement of weapons. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. This is an Irish Independent podcast. You're right, I think they'll win another two. I think, you know, if they'll experience the loss in the final, I think they'll come back to win another one. So, eventually, I think they'll win another three, so you could be looking at eight, yeah. Hello and welcome to the Troy and Hurling Show with me, Michael Varney, and this week we will recap the All-Ireland Final where Limerick won four in a row with a 30 points to 215 victory over Kilkenny in Crow Park yesterday. Delighted to be joined, as always, by Eddie Brennan and John Milan. John, I'll put it to you first. It looks like there's no stopping these Limerick boys four in a row, and yesterday they looked as good as at any stage over the last six seasons. Yeah, that's the worry for the chasing pack now, looking on. Uh, you know, if, if we're going to delve into 2024, you're looking for areas to say, Jesus, you know, where can we go at these lads? You know, where can we take them down and, and actually push on and, and win a bit of silverware? And I say silverware because, you know, they've, they've clean sweeped again. They've won the National League. They've won the Monster Championship. And they've had the All-Ireland success again, you know, 15, six years. And yeah, for me, I thought yesterday, I thought it was the best over the, over the course of their six years of dominance. I thought yesterday's second half was their, by far was their best half of Holland. It was just out of this world. And I thought it was probably an honor. And finally, I'd say, I don't like reminding myself of this, probably, it was probably right up there with that first half that Kilkenny, uh, Eddie's team in, in 08 had in the first half against us, where they just blitzed us. Um, and that just, uh, was was a similar fashion played out yesterday with Limerick. Uh, and I suppose, look, the, the worry now is that, you know, all the talk now will, will turn to five and, you know, we're even hearing to possibly talk of six and seven. And strangely enough, when, you know, when they were going for the first one of the four back in 2020 in the, in the COVID final, I was doing a kind of a, a preview with uh, Kieran Carey for, uh, for, uh, a Limerick, a Limerick, Limerick podcast, and Kieran at the time said this could be the first of six, and I was kind of like going, "Oh, that's a big, big statement." Like you know, I was kind of like, "Hold on, a minute," and he was kind of banging the drum. That was far back four years ago. He said, "Look, no, this team can do can do a Dublin out they can do six, and they're well on their way." And I suppose, look, everyone is is pinpointing now to their age profile. But for me, their age profile is is probably perfect for them to push on and, and still win a couple of more All-Irelands. And I think what what's probably, possibly stands in their favour, and there's not too many people 
talking about it is is the age profile of the other teams. Like, you know, Kilkenny, this Kilkenny team, they're pushing on. Galway are pushing on. Uh, even my own my own county, Waterford, are pushing on. They uh, are pushing on. Tipperary are pushing on. Possibly the only team that, you know, if you're to look outside of Limerick, that probably could go and challenge him over the course of the next couple of years are possibly Cork because, you know, they have the, the underage success coming through with the under-20s and the age profile is probably perfect. But again, look, Cork, you know, Patrick Corrigan, Seamus Harrenley, Conor Lang, they also have an awful lot of lads pushing on as well. So I think that's going to stand in Limerick's favour. And yeah, look, Ian Lynch was back to his best. Peter Casey was back to his best. And to think that they were able to navigate their way through this All-Ireland um, campaign, minus Sean Finn, you know, minus uh, Declan Hannon for, for the All-Ireland campaign and still, you know, win the All-Ireland at their ease in the, la- in the, in the last two games. Uh, you know, it's it's frightening. It's frightening for, for uh, the chasing pack, but it just goes to show you they're just, they're just an incredible side. Uh, richly deserve all the plaudits that, that's coming their way and yeah for me they're they're probably up there now probably yeah it's it's probably now in all the conversations now that's going to come across over the course of the next couple of months are they the greatest team ever um, and yeah fair play to them their cumulative um, All-Ireland final win margins are 38 points 9.5 per game the exact same as year team uh, from 06 to 09, Eddie. So it's a, yet another comparison, um, a favourable comparison, as was to them. You have the, the Kilkenny hat on this morning. In fairness to you, you're, keep, you're keeping the fate. But I, I'd imagine you're, you're sore enough this morning, Eddie. You had yourselves in a really, really good position and this green wave came coming and there was just no stopping it. No, there wasn't. And uh, <clears throat> I think uh, you just, first and foremost, you have to say, nothing but admiration for how they conduct themselves, how they go about their business. I think you can't, you know, there's no arguing. I think sometimes, you know, you, you see in the finals or you see in big days, there's certain little moments you can say were pivotal and all that. But when you get, you know, spanked like we did yesterday and and it's hard medicine to swallow, but it's the truth. Like, you know, um, you just have to take your hat off to them, um, literally, because they, they're just phenomenal. And, you know, even... I suppose there's been a few bits and pieces there that John Kiley has managed, but he has managed them really, really well. And I think it's the overall thing. Like I was down in Limerick there towards night doing an event, myself and Liam Sheedy, Neil Mulcahy. And I spent, you know, the evening in the company of the Limerick chairman and just being nothing but impressed. They, 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 they take the boxes across the board, like right down into the off field stuff and everything. I was just nothing but impressed with how they carry themselves. Uh, just very, very down to earth. But really looking at this and, and whoever, you know, has, it doesn't happen too easy, but over time, they put it together. They have a lovely algorithm going now. So it's now probably the question is, you know, how many can they get now over the next couple of years? Because I felt, right, yesterday for Kilkenny, we were hoping that things would happen. We were hoping that guys would, you know, we need, as I said in the preview, we needed one or two guys from the middle of the, the group, maybe the outside of TJs and outside of Mullins, these guys, we needed one or two of those guys to have that game. They didn't. For all our dominance in the first half, 
we probably left a couple of scores behind us. You know, if one Cody's goal tips in, or even if he puts that over the bar, we're still keeping Limerick five. But that play before half time, where Limerick picked up three points in succession to bring it back to three, and I think then Kilkenny got a response. TJ maybe missed a free. They're the little things that add up, and uh, you just, just look on at that. Limerick. Just on that, Eddie, when you have the upper hand on them, yeah. You like you have to you have to cream them, don't you? If you if you're I, five points a better team, you need to be seven or eight up nearly. Yeah, no, you have you have to. And those chances, like and even Kilkenny essay, like numerous goal chances. Same with Clear in the Munster final. So what do Limerick do? They rather look like all good teams. They trust that maybe if a shot gets in, Nicky will get it or whatever else it is. Like yesterday, like we had a couple of good chances, like uh, Mossy or Mossy there to, or Al Murphy at the end Tom Feeling had you know a big long hurl he got hooped at one stage I think it was Mossy Keown slipped that time with TJ you know they're the things that have to happen they'll happen clear because Limerick just stick at what they are good at and then yesterday we saw the famous just retreat they retreat like they did to Galway and said you know what you can have the three boys there in the, in the, in the front line of defence and that's where you have to be ultra, ultra brave to be able to mix up your game plan because Kilkenny went short a little bit early and then went over it and got, got a little bit of, bit of traction out of that. It's almost like Limerick measure you. They say, right, let's see what these boys are going to bring, like Galway the last day. And then once they work their way into the match and kind of almost just absorb you, if you like, like the good boxers, take what you have. And then once they upped the ante yesterday, once they got that wall set, in the half-back line, that was it. They just, they roared into the match. Little moments, little turnovers. Um, but like, Kilkenny got a goal in the second half and you say, right, build on that score now straight away. Kilkenny needed to double up on a couple of points. It was definitely a goal chance presented close to that. That's the ones you need, Mick. And that's what we're talking about. You can't you can pass those up because Limerick then just came and I think they rattled off maybe six or seven in a row after that. And that was it. They, they, they got their confidence. They got their traction. And look, again, to, to finish the point, wholehearted congratulations to them. They are a savage team. And as John said there, I want to echo that. It's hard to see who's going to take them down. You have to look at your underage. You know, Kilkenny, realistically, we probably just don't have enough quality. We have a couple of lads older. And that's the truth. It's not criticising the boys, Ratton. But you look at who fits the profile now at underage. And maybe it's Cork. Maybe it's Clare to a lesser extent. Uh, but out, outside of that, God, it's it looks ominous, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Just just on that, John, uh, Eddie kind of mentioned the boxer there. Rope a dope is nearly the way I describe it. It's almost like they they allow the opposition to nearly punch themselves out and take they take everything that they have to throw at them. Then they, they have the riddle figured out within about half an hour. The the comparisons between the semi final against Galway and the All Ireland final against Kilkenny are glaring. Like it's just they held Galway to five points in the second half of the semi final. They held Kilkenny to one six yesterday while they put up twenty one points themselves. John, just on that, you've been on the pitch and Eddie, you have as well, when things are going wrong, and I've said this several times, and it's so hard it's so hard to change that and turn that around in the moment. But John, look at the amount of times they've done it. Tip, Munster Final 2021, All-Ireland Semi-Final this year, um, All-Ireland Final this year. It's a remarkable trait for a team. Yeah, but Ian, just, just going back to what you said there, psychologically, like, isn't, isn't it mad to think like psychologically with teams even going in at half-time, like, i.e. Clare, i.e. Galway, Kilkenny, Yessie, still ahead at half-time and nearly psychologically 
defeated going walking into the into the tunnel and going into the into the dressing room. Like Clare were three points up, uh, Galway were a point up yesterday, Kilkenny were three points up. And that's 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 the effect that they're having on 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 the on the opposition now where even the opposition if 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 they're not a, a reasonable margin ahead, they're nearly beaten before they before they come back out the tunnel in the, in, in the second half. I now, thought, John. Yeah, I totally agree. I thought the four points they got before half time, when yeah. they were one eight to five, I said, I think they, I think they've broken Kilkenny here. Yeah, and it's yeah. mad. They've actually been. They went in a half time three up against Clare, and in their five subsequent championship games, um, they were down at half time. And have won all the games. Like it's it's remarkable. But and, and, and that's psychological warfare. That's it's it's planting the seed in your head. And that's sport is all between the ears too, like to a fair degree. But 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 but, but I don't I don't want to go back to soccer terms, but it's nearly like soccer terms, like like uh, uh, you see the great sides like the the Barcelona's or the, the Real Madrid's and the Man Cities where you know for the first quarter they'll just kind of gradually just kind of ease their way into it and you know as you said Eddie they'll size up the opposition you know what way they're going to play what's going to be thrown at them and then they'll just go through the accelerator buttons slowly 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 and then there is it's, it's like they're reserving their energy then for for what's to come in, the, in, in that third quarter and in, 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 the, in the final quarter and then they have it off to a tee then final quarter comes Tom Morris he's taken off you know uh Darrow Donovan's taken off. Hegarty. Hegarty. They're offloading the bench and they're bringing on just as a, just, just, just as a greater quality of, of player. You know, when you're coming in, someone like Carlo, Carlo O'Neill coming in, banging over two or three points. Like Tom Morris, he was going off. He was probably a little bit small, but annoyed. I was saying in my own mind, um, why are they taking Tom Morris off? He's coming into the yeah. match. And next thing they're whipping him off. But then again, it was justified because Carl O'Neill came in, banged over yeah. two points, was very, very good, very, very good from play. And yeah, I it, it's psychologically they're having they're, they're they're killing teams even even from being behind in, in in games. But you just know? quickly on that, John, I'm gonna jump in. I, I just think as well, the brief they have it off to a fine hour now and as we said about subs right the choice what are you bringing your subs in for are they on a rescue mission or are they on a steered home mission and that's what when they play the game on their terms their subs are coming in and the brief is very simple the opposition energy levels are low bring the energy carry the ball hard Colin O'Neill what is he he's a ball of energy he just runs with the ball so if you're after spending 60 minutes Fecking wrestling with Tom Morrissey, who is a ball of energy as well. You know, where, where, you know, the last thing you want to see is the opposition running the ball because you need possession. So it's just killing you psychologically. And you said it earlier on, we've all been in matches where you know it's gone. You know you're in big trouble and it's very hard because your your head is defeated. When you're in a match and you want, you, you need to, you know, do something, you need the, what, the most important thing in Hurling, you need the ball. And Limerick had it and they retreated deep. I remember one stage I looked up the field and here was Galan camped inside in the big square and the nearest men to him, I think, were on Limerick 65. And all they had to do was get two or three little triangles and fire it deep into a corner. Same with Casey's last two points that were under the, the, whole, the Cusick stands. So fair well, play to them. Like well, going back to what Verney, Verney, Verney's original question there was on... on 
you know, how they're able to, to kill the clock, even see it, Chelsea. And it's it's nearly like their program, their trains that they would uh, that they would yeah. It is, you that's know, what I'm saying. Would, that's the point. You know, even take yesterday, they were under pressure. Tom Morrissey started to take and take off the helmet, went down next to the, 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 the Dan. The two and, Morrisseys and, had and, issues and, with their wipers yesterday. <laughs> and, 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 and even at that, the medical team that are going in to kind of, you know, attend to him, they're nearly kind of train, training and programmed to to uh, to know, right, this is it, we killed the clock, we're coming under a bit of pressure. Now, fair play to John Keenan yesterday, he wasn't having any of it. And he said, look, put your helmet back on. And, and to be fair, Tom Morris, he wasn't long putting his helmet back on and getting on with it. But that comes with experience, yeah. you know, and, and that comes from, you know, a bit of know-how, we're under pressure now, got to kill the clock, got to kill, kill the opposition, the momentum. And I just felt that, you know, even Kilkenny, in that third quarter, you know... They didn't do it, they didn't do that, yeah. Well, why, why, exactly, well, why, why didn't someone like Owen Murphy, PJ, kill the clock? And the one team this year, lads, go back to it, that tried to do it and had a lot of success doing it on the day was Waterford. Every minute, slowed it down, got a belt, won a free, the free, to take the helmet off. Next thing, it would take about 60 seconds for Stephen Bennett to hit the free. Kept doing it, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. And it worked to, to a great effect that day for Waterford. And I haven't seen any other team oh. outside of Waterford in the championship go and try and replicate what Waterford done that day. It's funny you say that, John, because in the what, 12 and a half, 13 minutes after Paddy Deegan's goal, Limerick hit 10 of the next 11 points and Kilkenny just couldn't stem the blood loss. They just couldn't stop. They, like, I'm just looking at the points here. 43rd minute, 44th minute, 45th minute, 46, 47, uh, 50, 51, 53, 54. Do you know, whereas... Limerick would, Limerick would stop. There'd be a minute yeah. break and play. They'd give themselves a chance, and maybe that was a, a bit naive from a from a Kilkenny point. Well, of view. look, it's a huge, to... it's a huge learning point for Derry Kling. I mean, I think that's something that you have to look at. And I, and I, I'm Jesus as a as a coach and manager, you're looking at that now, saying, you know, for Henry even say that day when Limerick got two of the first points after that, you know, that the break, and Henry was given. Well, he probably needed to go with that as well. Once Limerick got two back, then go, all right, do you know what? Let's kill it now. Let's play them at their own game. And that's, look, it's game management now. So you'd say maybe someone needed to probably shout in there, maybe a little bit removed from the emotion of it. Your eyes in the stands turn around and say, we got the goal. Next thing, Limerick got one, two, okay, three, okay, four, right? This needs to stop now. We need to stop this very quickly. We need to get some kind of an intervention here and we need to get it going again. Whether we like it or not, lads, and probably we will give out on it, it's a part of the game now. Where, no, absolutely. You know, I, I wouldn't criticise them at all for that. I wouldn't criticise them at all because, you know, no. they're doing what they have management. to do. And even, even I go back to it, I was up doing radio commentary on, on radio duties yesterday. Limerick, they have the gantry camera, they had the gantry camera out, and the gantry view of all the movement was being, being processed monitored. down, monitored down, down pitch side. And I don't see any other county going to try and avail of that and Limerick are think, thinking outside the box and fair play yeah. to them there's, every there's age a great, there's a great yarn uh, whether true or not about them going to Cusick Park one time and apparently 
all access to any Wi-Fi or broadband was was was, cut. Ter- was, was, was cut for the night for the ninety minutes. That's only that's only hearsay. It may be true or may not be true, but might. Well, but, well, but, well, you know what, what? What I was thinking about, you know, you know, wouldn't it be so funny if someone, you know, because once once the gantry camera is up there and it's been zoomed down to the pitch side, wouldn't it be so funny if someone just got their coat and threw it over the camera while the, while the game was going on? <laughs> <laughs> Little pliers and snip the wires. <laughs> Whatever, whatever it takes. Um, Eddie, I just throw it to you about Limerick timing their run uh, this year. Yet again, they've produced their best when it was needed. They won their last two games by nine points ever after it was a score game the whole way throughout Munster. They won the league and everyone was saying, oh, Limerick have peaked too soon. It's an amazing thing to be able to time your run that well again. I think it was just nearly a matter of riding out the storm in Munster, getting through it earning that four weeks. I think the four weeks, I think the All-Ireland yeah. was won in the four weeks between the Munster and the All-Ireland semi-final. Yeah, look, in fairness to them, look, that comes from experience. Um, that comes from being there and sitting down. And I would say the, 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 the working hours that are put into, that we will never know about, we'll never see, like as in, you know, when you look at now what's required of a manager to manage the round robin, how would you work? Like, how do you do a normal day's work with what's going on there? So that shows you maybe the level of work that's going into it. Because I guarantee you, they sat down, there was several meetings, looking at the calendar, this is what we do, fitness, where does that marry in, our tactical sessions. It's all about planning and it's all about getting the little bit of work done that you need to do and building it and planning ahead for that. And yeah, once you get on the the pitch, there's a lot of variables involved. There's a referee, there's 30 players, 38 more subs, whatever. That that's when all your prep work takes over. It, it, it just manifests then, you know, on the fields. But to get that right, to get that timing right, your S and C and your hurling coaches and over underpinned, I suppose, or overpinned by your manager, it's hugely important. So it's it's they're bringing it all together and they have huge experience now. They have a template that they're working off of. That is very, very effective. So you'd say nothing but fair play to them. They've gone, like John mentioned that thing, about, or you were saying about the gantry camera, fair play to them. They're they're looking at every edge. And when you do that, you're reducing the odds of you being popped. It's very simple. You're, you're increasing your own odds of success. You're getting little inches here, there, and everywhere. And again, the whole management thing, that's good management. They're managing the game. And uh, you just say, look, on top of that, uh, their hurling is better. The the ball sticks every time. Their skill level, and I think you know, this isn't even Tommy there talking yesterday. He said about it. Teams have seen this year. You'll manage it for so long, but the sheer size and the fitness and the belief that they have, it's very very hard to sustain that. And that probably is the point I'll finish on. And this is to be able to come with a second game plan or a third setup or something different, and that takes a lot of bravery because when something is working. You're kind of going, you trust your players, they're right, they'll be okay. But the reality is now, and I think this is the big trick for all the chasing pack, it won't be good enough. You might sustain something for 20, 25 minutes, maybe a bit longer, clear manage that. But along with the fact that you have to take your chances, I think you have to be able to change up the setup of play. I saw Owen Murphy there and he was screaming at the lads to maybe move or different things. What happens? The puck out slowed and... They kind of knew that if they go short, Limerick are putting a press on the tier. 
And that's where they probably needed to be braver than ever. But there's obviously a risk that comes with that as well. I think Limerick got something like 70 points of turnovers yesterday. But they're a Crow Power team as well, lads. They just, ah, yeah. they, they just come alive in Crow Power. And I just, I just go, I, I keep banging the drum. Where have they played their best hurling over, over, over the years? Harky Quave, big wide open dimension, dimension spaces like Crow Park and Crow Park. And, you know, where have they probably struggled in games has been in those Munster Championship games, like, like, like your Torres, you know, the Gaelic Grounds, um, Ennis, you know, the, 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 they want to travel to Welsh Power next year. You know, probably tighter confined um, pitches where the opposition are in to probably kind of keep it more compact. Uh, you know, and I think once once they get out of Munster, once they get a you know get back into Crow Park, get a smell of of winning another another All Ireland. That's where they come alive, and that's where they've played yeah. their best 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 Ireland over the years, meaning Crow Park, and that's where you know the greatest teams have 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 performed. Your team, Eddie. You know, you think of all the teams down through the past, even even awfully player the Cork teams. Tipperary teams, you know, they've come alive in in, in Troll Park, and this this Limerick team are just of uh, are doing similar. Speaking of coming alive, John, I think Keen Lynch showed us yesterday what we've all been missing for the last two years. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it was an absolute joke how we didn't get man of the match. Yeah, like like no no disrespect to Peter Casey, I thought Peter Casey was immense for about twenty twenty five minutes, but. For the whole 73, 74 minutes, Keen Lynch was Keen Lynch was by far by far the best player on the, on the pitch. How he didn't get man in the match was beyond me. Now I'm not just saying that because I said last last Thursday, Jesus, if there's be a man in the match, I, I, I pick Keen Lynch. But you know, you had the few bob on, John. I hope you're not talking with your pocket as well. <laughs> well, 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 we had the, we had the 10, 10 euros on him, all right, Bernie. But uh, no, but no, no. But take taking that aside. He was the best player on the pitch. Like when Limerick was struggling in that yeah, first half, yeah. you know, he popped up with two scores. He he was creative. He was popping passes. I think he I think he had his hands on on four points in, in that first half. Again, similar in the second half. I mean, he was he was popping off popping off passes that you know lads were getting on the end of him and putting the ball over the bar. I think there was one pass. I think it was to uh, Dara Dara Donovan. Lads, I mean, he was he was off balance. He was nearly falling, falling over himself. He two or three Kilkenny lads right on his back, and he got a hand pass. I don't know how he got the hand pass off. Dara Donovan, Dara Donovan stuck it over over the bar. And I did say, look, if he could find that extra 20 percent, uh, it was going to be you know very very dangerous for Kilkenny going into the, into this final. And he found that extra 20 percent. He was back to himself. Um, you know, it was pretty significant, John, that they sh- they shoved him when, like he, I, I will say, I was and I was watching a lot of the stuff going on. He was kind of lost at midfield because he was kind of you could see what he was trying to do. And midfield is that type of position where sometimes you can try be everywhere and you're nowhere. The the game can kind of whereas sometimes you say, well, play across rather than up and down. And when they shoved him in centre forward. It's no coincidence Limerick came alive. I saw him there. Ball landed just on the edge of the D. There was a lot of bodies there. And it just it just, it just literally moved in the rock. Lads, he rose the ball faster than I've, anything I've ever seen. 
And he was gone over it when the rest of them were all reacting to where it was. And he popped it out to somebody and it was a point. Well, in saying, you're 100% right, Eddie, because when he was in midfield, he was on Mullen. So he was kind of probably trying to play his own game and keep an eye on Mullen at the same time. And then he pushed up centre forward. Now, let's not forget, Richie Reid was having a big impact in the game yeah. before, before Keane Lynch went in on And what that done then, he was just peeling off for Richie Reid. Now, Richie Reid, for me, wouldn't be probably the greatest marker. He wouldn't be a touch-tight marker. Like, no. he dip back in the D, hit a, lot of, hit a lot of ball. And, you know, it, it probably posed the question then to Richie Reid, well, look, what are you going to do now? I'm in centre-forward. Yeah, it, it keeps a lot honest, doesn't it? Yeah, and he, he he just dictated the whole play. He was he was he was fabulous just to watch us, you know. And, and you and, talk and, about sorry, and, and a leader like him as well. Like what didn't phase him having a, having maybe a season where he was struggling a little bit with stuff, what didn't phase him was then being handed captaincy on the biggest day of all and he just took it in his stride. If anything, it probably made him even better. Yeah, well look, you only have to look at his speech. His speech was 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 brilliant, you know. He didn't leave anyone out, albeit went on for six or seven minutes, but I don't mind a speech going on for six or seven minutes when once you're hitting all the spots that you have to hit and he hit every spot yesterday. Didn't leave anyone out. Um, and even, you know, it was it was touching that he, you know, he said, well, look, this is not all going to be about me. He brought Declan Hannon up with him and, uh, you know, he, he he touched on it there that, you know, he remarked that Declan Hannon was was their captain, like, you know, when he was naming, naming the injured lads. Uh, and look, again, Go back to it, you know. You, you think of Limerick next year. You have a fully fit Keen Lynch. You have a fully fit Peter Casey back. You have a fully fit Sean Finn. You have a fully fit Declan Hannon. I mean, look at the options they're going to have next year, lads. It's just, oh, it's, it's frightening. Eddie, I'll throw this at you. Limerick's age profile. This is the age that these lads will be this time next year. So maybe potentially after winning five in a row or going for five in a row, Nicky Quaid. 35 but he's a goalkeeper Mike Casey 28 Dan Morrissey 31 Barry Nash 28 Dermot Burns 30 Will O'Donoghue 29 Kyle Hayes 26 Dara Donovan 29 Keane Lynch 28 Gerard Hegarty 29 David Reedy 30 Tom Morrissey 28 Aaron Galan 28 Seamus Flanagan 27 Peter Casey 27 Sean Finn 28 Declan Hannan 31 Cotton uh. O'Neill 22 <laughs> and Adam Adam English 21 that's a uh, uh, that's a scary, scary prospect. Yeah, they're co- like, yeah, and they are. They're in. They're in good fettle. Like you know, and maybe sometimes then look. I'm just you know, be thinking about different situations as well. Like maybe then it's are they at a point like you know maybe has has he found a new centre back in Willie Donahue? Like do you know, like if 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 for talk say Declan Hannan is to so you know because he's done so much and like he's been through the middle with injuries, so the evolution is starting. You also are in a great position, right? Physically, they say you're coming into your physical peak 28, 29, 30 is it. So, like, there's another bit, and there's not even just next year, there's a bit more to go. But on top of that, then, what you get to do is, a bit like what Kylie done this year and the last two league campaigns, and this one proved very successful, you now get to drop in one or two, three, four lads into a line during the league matches. They get a couple of games with Morrissey beside him or Keane Lynch outside of that. So the subs are now being conditioned and, and being bedded down into that team and they know the role. And equally, you also now have a situation where like it's they're in that sweet spot still of competition for places. And that's what's going to drive them even more because if you're someone like Declan Hannon that was saying there, he's probably said, no way, lads. You're not having, I, I'm not, I do not want this to end. I want to stay with this for another little bit. I want to get one more. You know, that's that's the mentality that you have to have. So for Kylie and the guys, 
he can probably even go and look at that Limerick under 20 squad and pick one or two more off it. You know, I'm sure there's lads on the fringe that would be just chomping at the bit to get in there. So uh, it looks ominous. They look in a really, really good place. And in fairness to them, like I said there, despite all the questions that were put to them, and we all got we all got giddy after the first two rounds of Munster and thought, right, Jesus, they're back now. This is going to make for a really exciting uh, championship. But like you said there, once they navigated through Munster, they then were able to now suddenly plan a little bit more, freshen up. They were getting each time, when you have a lad injured like that, you get another two, three weeks into him, he gets sharper and sharper. So um, you'd have to say, um, there's no doubt about it, lads, they're, they're going nowhere. And look, you, that's a compliment to them. You say, fair play to them. Someone assembled them, someone put them all together and have built this and keeping it going now. And it's just a case of, well, whatever little injuries, there'll always be injuries in sport. We'll roll with punches. We have to have our backup ready, and they did have their backup ready. Yeah, and another another player that could come into the mix as well. He was named on the panel yesterday. Was was Aidan O'Connor? I really like him. And you, you you touched on it there already about you know getting a bit of freshness into him as well. Like you even see you know when a lad gets injured, all right, albeit he's out, but it's nearly kind of like yeah, uh, recharge uh, batteries. Yeah, recharge the batteries. He's nearly getting a, a, a year out, a year rest, and then we know he's coming back re-energized, the bit between his teeth, roll up the sleeves. So, like effectively, they've had that now with you, King Lynch. They've had that you, Mike Casey, they've had that you, Peter, Peter Casey. Now they're gonna have Sean Finn coming back and, and Declan Hannon coming back again with the with with, with, with the bit between their teeth. So it's it's gas because you know, I met one or two lads last week and the other thing saying, oh, Jesus, this will be the last dollar in the win. Their legs, their legs are starting to go, their legs are starting to go. And then, you know, they go and perform like that and you're just kind of saying, shit, right. There's more to come here. Eddie, the last one I put to you, you mentioned about how well they've been assembled and that, but Kylie is the one that holds the, the whole thing together. And I was just doing a thing for tomorrow's paper about like all the, the turbulence they've encountered throughout his reign. Like when you think of... Uh, just even recent stuff like Declan Hannan been out the most successful captain in hurling history Sean Finn their most uh, decorated all-star been out Keen Lynch was out last year Peter Casey Gillan was out last trials. year Aaron Gillan not been on the squad earlier on this year the the incident they had in New York around the Super 11s a couple of years ago um, would say Pat Ryan been released from the panel um, the middle of the Munster campaign last year like it is actually extraordinary how they've managed all that. So many little chances for this green juggernaut to drift off the tracks and he's just kept it firmly going only in one direction. It's it's remarkable, really. It is. And I like I've had the pleasure of his 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 um conversations with him there back in 16, just chatting, trying to organize challenge matches, and and even subsequent to that, I've met him a few times, and you'd have just a very, very impressive guy, very, very basic in, in 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 how he presents himself. There's no airs and graces about him. But he clearly has, you know, when he took over, was it 15 with the first 21 bunch that they won, I think? Uh, you know, Burns and all these guys, Dan Morrissey, Hegarty were on that. A very young bunch of 19-year-olds that went on that had lost a minor the previous year, Keen Lynch and that crew that all went on and won a 21 and 17 again. You know, he has brought them all through and he probably had a vision for that, but at the end of the day, like, and you can talk about all the, the the moving parts that are involved, but at the end of the day, he has assembled that. He's the one whose neck is ultimately on the line because if something fails, 
you know, they, they never turn around and go, oh, Jesus, the, the selectors there were at nothing. Like, you know, they won't say that. So you're always going to look at it and say about John Kiley, it's, it's John Kiley's show. And to, to answer that question, I think that's one thing, like as a manager, you, you, you sit down and you look at them things and you take them on their merits and say, look, what's in the best interest of the group here? What can I do for this player to either, you know, is there a risk here to the group or can I straighten them up? And I think he has done that. And because and sometimes you go with your gut feeling on certain things because we'd have all been kind of going, oh, maybe this needs to prune your man or whatever. And that's the speculation. But till you sit there in a one-on-one conversation with a player, maybe dealing with some incident or whatever else it is, you, you know, the questions that you'll ask yourself are, well, what's in the best interest of the group here? Am I setting a precedent here that's going to contaminate the rest of the group? Or can I... You know, maybe give them a little bit of an out clip here. You know, stand the corner for a little bit, and you know, you you've done something here that potentially hurt the group, but you can redeem yourself or whatever. So, and that's what management is all about. And you just say, well, look, despite all the things and people are talking about, you know, the JP McManus thing, they're all part of something that they they, they want to support it. But ultimately, it's John Kiley will make a lot of those calls, and I think he has managed it superbly over the last couple of seasons because as you said there Michael it has not been straightforward and it never is management is not easy and he's doing it at that level and bringing in the success you could even see it in the aftermath the embrace with, with uh, Canork like he had a great great relationship with Canork and, and I think Canork is finally getting the credit he deserves because you think of lads what he done him there was uh, there was been going around in the aftermath of the, the match I think it was Canork's 10th All-Ireland win he was after being involved in I think 3 All-Ireland under 21 successes with Clare the All-Ireland success in 2013 with the seniors and now the six of these and you know I don't I, I don't think Canork got enough credit you know no. when, you know when he was when he was in Clare with the amount of success that he had and it's just you know it's it's just a follow-on now of how lucky you know Limerick are to have you know, a cracking manager in Kylie and a cracking coach in Kenork. And, you know, the backroom team as well, you know, the backroom team and even the management, everything is just in place from the push on. But, you know, you can have all that, lads. Everything is in place. But as you touched on, Eddie, you have to have the players. And these are, yeah. these are generational, once in a lifetime, Limerick uh, horrors that will, you know, that the Limerick supporters possibly will never, ever see again. You know, you probably have to go back to probably the thirties. You know, back back to the to the Mackey era. Um, yeah. And look, you know, and another thing, lads, massive credit has to go to the Limerick fans because the easiest thing is, you know, when a, a team is, you know, having the success of that, they're picking shoots at games. No, they're coming oh, they follow them, yeah. they're following them to take and team wherever they go, thousands upon thousands, and they're out their droves again. yesterday. they did phenomenal support. Yeah, and even on that, John, just on that point quickly, uh, Paul Canerick has done a couple of workshops there in the last two years, I think. And at the very first question, I think he threw out at one of them. He said, you know, to the to the group, kind of, what do you need, you know, to be successful in different things? And no one said that. You need quality players. And I think he he's the first to acknowledge that. He said, you need talented players. Now, you have to go find those players. You have to maybe polish them up a little bit. Some will be very natural or whatever, and it's bringing them all together and, and, and you know, letting them, ex, uh, I suppose, express themselves, but equally on that too. And that's what happens, I think, on the biggest of days, when the pressure is the greatest, like your talent will always show, quality will show out, um, individual quality, 
will will then perform for the team. And that's what they have probably above the rest of the pack at the moment. Eddie, I'll just throw it to you from a Kilkenny point of view. Is there a bit of a rebuild coming, do you think, now? Is there potential for, I was just going back to the match programme last night and even looking at, at the age dynamic and there's five or six lads in their 30s that have a hell of a lot of hurling done and even mid-30s. Yeah. Like, Do you think there's a bit of a rebuild coming? Part of me thinks that Derek Ling's first year was nearly carrying on a lot of Brian's squad yeah. from the last couple of years. But now there's kind of maybe a sense that, OK, a lot of new faces are going to be needed here. Um, out of necessity, basically, because there could be lads maybe edge, ed, uh, you know, exiting stage left after after great county careers. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think when, when you land in like Derek did, I suppose you're conscious of those things. You're conscious of, right, uh, what's the objective here? There's obviously the three, maybe four-year objective. But there's also the here and now of this season, which is all what it's all about. You can have that stuff in the background for the end of the year and say, well, how is the production line coming on or how are the lads that are going to be there? You have to look and say, well, in two years' time or whatever. But I suppose the reality is, look, the one thing, and Kilkenny, and this is not, you're, you're not, you know, crucifying anyone or giving out by anyone, but we just haven't that, level of quality coming through you know we we won a 20 for the first time a few t- last year under Derek it had been very barren up to that so the reality is the real quality maybe just isn't there and like you said there uh, I think if you're going in maybe on the floor a little bit you can say right Grant I'm going to build this crew now for two or three years we'll build them from scratch we'll go with the young lads and see where we get to whereas like you said there Mick you had some really talented guys with a lot of mileage the, the reality is you're probably looking at, maybe we've seen the, the last of Richie Hogan, Killian Bulkley, Connor Fogarty, and I'm not trying to put them lads in the grave. I'm certainly not saying that they have given incredible service to Kilkenny and they should be free to make their own decisions. But I suppose when all the dust settles and the October nights come in and Derek has watched all the club fair, he probably has to go find some players. He probably really has to go get some guys and look at moles and those because... I think Derek is there for arguably another three years at least, I think, because that's what it's going to maybe take for him to really put his spin on that team. Maybe some of his team from last year and find a few more. But right now, yeah, Kilkenny are, you know, I suppose you have him at both ends of the, the spectrum, really. And, you know, will TJ go again? Probably will. But I definitely think that you're going to have to look at TJ now and say, he can't be the one galloping all over the pitch. Whereas when he was in full forward there yesterday at times, geez, he, he was, you know, he, he's a good man to make the ball stick. And I've said this numerous times and it's not telling Jesus Derek how to do his job, right? but I just think in an overall sense, someone like that, you know, but it's easy to talk about these things. But the reality, the reality of it is also, Eddie, and I think an awful lot of the Kilkenny supporters have taken off a lot of solace from this is that in the aftermath of this final, you know, in a couple of weeks' time, they'll look back and say, well, look, outside of Limerick, you know, yeah, yeah. Kilkenny are still good enough to go and compete against any of the other sides. And that was that was proven in the in the all Ireland semi-final and the Leinster final. Now, look, obviously, they probably will, they probably will lose a couple of players, but you throw in David Blanchard, lads. He was a colossal loss yesterday. You throw him in, you throw in Connor Brown, throw Mikey Carey back in. All of a sudden, there's three players that you didn't have yesterday 
that you're going to throw back in. You know, maybe Billy Drennan probably needs another year. That's Then all of a sudden that becomes four. If you can honour another one or two, it's still going to be very, very competitive. And, and, yeah, and I, I, I agree to, to a point, John, but unfortunately that just won't cut us. I, I just think, it, and we have to be realistic about that. And it's not, again, I'm not here running it down. We're not, Jesus, haven't we great vision now the day after an All-Ireland final? That's the, that's the typical thing. But I think when you strip it down and say in the last couple of years, when we came up short in 19, 22 and 23, we just lacked a little bit of quality to get you home. And and and, and unfortunately, that's that's the cold hard facts, whether we like it or not. It's not a criticism of any of the players that we have in Kenya or anything like that. But it's just kind of going, if you are to go on and, and get the big one, then you have to have that bit of quality. And like I said there, we have a level of quality that will get us there to, to a point, but I think what was borne out yesterday was then that you know you had a couple of guys that just maybe didn't happen for them there yesterday. And when you're trying to take down an outfit like Limerick or win an All Ireland final, you need your quality. You need your quality coming in and having a big bearing on that game. And and that's the challenge. That's the challenge for home is to go and find guys and and get back up there. Just a word on Tom Feeling. I thought he was brilliant in his first All Ireland final yesterday. Had had some great moments and a bit of a bit of redemption for Paddy Deegan as well. He had a, a torturous afternoon following Grod Hegarty last year, and he outscored him actually yesterday. Even though Hegarty came into it big time um, in in the second half, I thought he was probably he's probably Kilkenny's best player over the seventy five minutes. I'd say as well, um, lads. I just get. Your hurler of the years. I'm going to get you to gaze into the crystal ball in a second. But John, who's your hurler of the year? Yeah, I suppose. Look, for me, it's probably one of four, three: uh, Delan, Burns, Hayes. I throw own Cody into the mix. Uh, yeah, it was very interesting. They picked uh, Kyle Hayes last night on the Sunday game. Sunday game uh, team of the year, and they picked him as the the, the, the player of the year. But for me. I'm going to pick a lad. Uh, you know, he was the front runner coming into yesterday's final. And you know what, lads? I don't think uh, you all are played well, but I still think a lad had a, had a, you know, had, had a big say in the final yesterday. He scored two points from play. He, you know, he assisted, I think it was Keen Lynch for a point in the first half and he won a free so, ah, uh, John, that that free. I felt sorry for poor old Hugh Lawler. He caught a ball over the Cusack yeah. stand side about thirty seconds before that, and then the ball came in to the far wing. It was just he was a sitting duck, like yeah, well, and it was minimal. It was minimal. But hey, look, that's being clever. He waited, he waited, yeah. he waited, and then he threw himself to the ground. So he still had, he still had his hands on, you know, had his hands on four points yesterday out of the thirty. So and off like, the ball, he was, he was excellent. That's he, he, was, he, was, he was excellent off the ball. Looked, he wasn't your normal nine out of ten, but he was still a seven out of a ten, and I still think that seven out of ten is yes, his performance is good enough for him to be the horror of the year. And I think, look, when Limerick throughout the course of the Munster Championship in the All Ireland semi final, when they come on under pressure, he was the go-to guy, and for me, I would pick Aaron Galan as my horror of the year. Well, Ned, yeah, if that's to happen, isn't it some achievement for Patrick's well lads? Isn't that some achievement if he can? But I'd nearly like, I think equally. Kind of close on his shoulder. I can see my hands merit in examining that because when you look at what Kyle Hayes has been asked to do year after year and this year as well, I think he was up the field early in the championship. Then he was back to field when they needed a gap to be filled. He has done that. He's a smart player. 
But I think like Burns as well, Burns is a go-to lads in matches where Limerick are struggling. Burns freeze and 65s keep them hanging in there. Like in the first They're half They're underrated as well, Eddie. Some people oh. would say, oh, he, look at his scoring tally. No, he's, it's massive. He's scoring freeze. Those freeze oh. are not gimmies at all. They're not 45 oh. yards out in front of the goals. They're huge scores at huge times. And one of them there yesterday, Eddie, like Eddie. He, he put it over with interest. Eddie, yeah. well, who was the last corner forward to get hurt of the year? Come on now, come on. Let's, let's go over the corner. Oh, hey, I, I agree with you. Sorry, sorry, John. I'm after going off script there completely. We need to fight the case. But look, forwards tend to get the Cadeaux a little bit more because they're there doing the finishing to a point. And I often heard Ron Nagara saying that, that you know, his job was to nail the penalties because the Royals were after doing the heavy lifting to get him in that position. So he had to be right. And it might look like, oh, sure, listen, he's slipping over the freeze. But at the same time, look, I, I'd find it hard to probably go against Galan because he has been borderline for a couple of years now. He lost an All-Star there definitely a couple of years ago and it was cruel. Like, it was absolutely cruel that he wasn't given an All-Star. So I, I, I wouldn't disagree with him. But I equally think that Burns you know, could well be looked at. I think he's not go- he, he can't be far off doing a, a back-to-back on Huller the year. But the lad who, for me, and I've said this before on the pod, you heard me saying it, I think he's the forgotten man in all of this. He is, if you look at the American football MVP, where does Nicky Quaid sit in, the, in, in all of that? And because of the position, he will not probably get it at all. He, won't, he might get the consideration. But I think if you look at who are the pillars of this Limerick team, you might have said Hannon, Keane Lynch, or one or two others. There's no doubt about it, lads. Nicky Quaid is an MVP for them. Maybe not the MVP, but, oh, Jesus, like, take him out, lads. Look at him even yesterday when they were struggling. He still was able to find ways to get them into the match. Uh, but look, going to heads, I, I wouldn't disagree with Gillan, uh, but I do think that, you know, the other two, it could be a fair debate now for journalists to pick that. Just on, on recent history, um, recent history would suggest that Limerick can survive without nearly all of their big pillars, except Quaid, yeah. I would say. He's the one player that they, like, they're able to survive without their captain, they're able to survive without their best cornerback, they're able to survive without a two-time hurler of the year, they're able to survive without Peter Casey as well. Whether they could survive, yeah. yeah, whether they could survive without Quaid is another thing. I think for Hayes' body of work, and particularly when they were going poorly through Munster, he was still performing to a really high level. Yeah. Uh, and I thought he, I think he's an 8.5 nearly every day he goes out. So it's not yeah. often I agree and, with and any, anything that's said in the Sunday game, but I, I, go, I go with Kyle Hayes. And, and as well, Mick, he got some heat earlier on of opposition teams. Like they went at him. And like he's an abrasive kind of a guy and he still didn't get too drawn into silly stuff either. Like so, and that's hard. Like you say, when you're a big unit like that, you know, and you're getting... You're not maybe getting the freeze he could have got in early Munster matches. Um, I just look his value to the team, but then as you said, there's a lot like that. So the throwing horror, throwing horror the year is Aaron Galland. Are we right saying that? It's two, two, two to one, one two, two, yeah, two I, old I, I corner would. forwards, two, two old corner forwards doubling up on a poor old corner back. <laughs> 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 Lads, I'm going to put this to you to two e. The year is 2029. <laughs> How many All Irelands? Have Limerick accumulated? How many All Irelands have this Limerick team accumulated? Well, and is there a five or six? Is there a five or six seasons. in a row? Six years uh, later, so they've, they've, they've I, five and I six think, years now. What do you think, Ed? Uh, they'll definitely add another three. And I think, I think what could make them two, and I know they're going for five, they may be going for six or whatever, and they won't want to let go of it. But I think what could, what could also make them is 
if for some reason they do five and then lost one, I think they'll come back strong. I think they'll yeah. come back then with with a with a bit of freshness then. And and the question is as also what's significant. Am I right in saying that Kylie's two year term is up this year? he's not going anywhere right. but it'll be yeah. interesting to see how long more he's going to stay there yeah it's mad that you say that like that, like, like, we've never witnessed Limerick out in the field watching an opposition team yeah, yeah. Yeah. in any final like that is just insane like you know whether it be Munster National League or all Ireland and I think you're 100% right like if they were to you know to kind of you know sense that feeling or you know experience that feeling of being out in the field, that empty feeling of watching someone else go up and collect the trophy. I think you're 100% right. That could drive Mon to possibly win, a, win another one or one or two. So, yeah, to answer your question, I think I would go along with Eddie, uh, Verney, if I'm pushed another two or three, but I think you're right. I think they'll win another two. I think, you know, if they would experience a loss in the final, I think they'll come back and win another one. So, potentially, I think they'll win another three. So, you could be looking at eight, yeah. That's absolutely brilliant, boys. Um, I really appreciate all your all your inputs throughout the season. Unfortunately, that's it uh, for this week's show, and that's it for the season. Uh, my thanks to Eddie Brennan and John Milan for joining me. Unfortunately, we won't be back next week, but uh, there'll be plenty of club action to keep you busy over the coming months. Um, Barry, that's just it before for... you go, yeah, I have to give them a mention. Our ladies down here, first all Ireland oh. final in, in seventy-eight years. We'll be in Crow Park and we'll be on Crow Park in two, two, two weeks' time. Really looking forward to it with a massive support up in Nolan Park there uh, the weekend. Hopefully the whole county will get behind the girls. Really looking forward to that final. And Meltwater and finally look forward to now in two weeks' time against Cork. So uh, and I, I couldn't go without without wishing the girls the you know the best of luck and what 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 they done Saturday was just incredible. I'll have to give you a hat tip, Mull. There's uh, some of that must go down to some of your work with the Delisal ladies in recent years as well. So everything is uh, everything is feeding in. I think your first All Ireland final since 1945. We'll support you on that one too, John. We'll be all there. Yeah, well, no, look, geez, no, it was great. We we'd four, we 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 five on on the panel, but we four girls involved: uh, Karen, Abby Flynn, uh, Keely Cara, Barry, and Brianna, and the four of them were excellent. I mean, Beck Carrington. Brilliant. She was excellent. For me, I think she's the best camogie player in Ireland. She was she was fantastic. Brianna came up and got that that point near the end. Abby, who starts corner forward, she went down midfield. She was brilliant. And Keely then with wing back. You know, she was a rocket wing back, and you know what a great performance as well. Vicky Fawn was great corner back. Um, you know, so uh, it's all roads lead to Crow Park. Yeah, we're really looking forward to that. Lorraine Bray, sorry, Lorraine Bray went off. Off my tongue there, she was she was bringing the midfield and yeah, I think it's a really it's a final to really look forward and I think look they've a re they're going in as underdogs. I think they've a reasonably good chance in two weeks time. They've played Cork already in the Munster Championship. They've beaten them already. Albeit Cork are missing a couple of players, but Waterford are missing Annie Fitzgerald and Leisha Forrest. To be fair to her, great credit has to go to her. She's played in the minor final and now she's going to play in a senior final. That's that's stuff of dreams. Hey, well, they, they, they surely put in. The male representative now on the analysis show and all that now on RT be great to see uh, you getting in there. It's a good pitch. <laughs> Eddie, I told you before I don't do TV, son. <laughs> <laughs> you have a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a million, John. We, we wish you the best of luck in a fortnight's time. Um, unfortunately, that's it for this week's show and this week's season of the Troy and Hurling show. Many thanks to Eddie Brennan and John Milan for joining me once again throughout the year. 
Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thanks for listening, and goodbye. This is an Irish independent podcast.